Welcome back to Young Smart Money, show number 30 with me, your host, Apple Crater. The show where we bring on young people who are doing cool stuff, either financially or entrepreneurially. We interview them to get their best tips, tricks, and practices that they can share with you and share with you their journey that got them to where they're at today. Today, we have Joshua Kopech on the show, and Joshua's actually been doing affiliate marketing for over 11 years, and he's only 25 years old. So he started this when he was 14 years old. He started an affiliate marketing business that he actually sold for um, a good bit of money for a 14-year-old. So we're going to get into the show. Joshua is going to tell us all about affiliate marketing and his experience with it and where that has actually brought him throughout his entire life. So without further ado, let's welcome Joshua on to the show. All right, Joshua, welcome to Young Smart Money. I'm super glad to have you here today. Um, and I really just want to hop right into the meat of this conversation. I don't want to keep our listeners waiting. So can you tell us a bit about what affiliate marketing is? Because that's really what we're going to be talking about today in this episode. So can you give our audience a quick rundown of what affiliate marketing is? Definitely. Thank you, Apple. Thank you for having me on. Um, it was great meeting you down in Florida at FinCon, and I'm glad to follow up and provide value to you know your listeners. Absolutely. Um, affiliate marketing is essentially, it's a tool, and it's a tool where brands can leverage what they're doing okay. um, and or what they offer or their product mm-hmm. and essentially get it out to the world where whoever's promoting it gets paid. Okay. And, and that promoting is sort of, it, it's sort of democratized, right? It's not just like these, these big channels like TV, radio. It's like, it's like me and the other influencers out there, right? They get to, they get to work with these brands um, in order to promote these products, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely. Uh, you know, some of these products can be things that are apps that you have on your phone already or, mm-hmm. you know, fintech products that you're using already yep. Um, yep. or believe in. And, you know, there's so many different ways that you can promote these, whether you're an influencer, whether uh, whether you're doing podcasts, whether you're doing organic content via uh, blogging or vlogging or, you know, there's the possibilities are endless in terms of the promotional methods. Yeah. And I mean, we went, we met at FinCon, um, which if you guys aren't familiar, it's a conference for people who are creating financial content. So what you guys were doing there, if I'm not mistaken, is, is you were trying to recruit um, other bloggers and financial creators to sort of partner with you guys to allow them to build their income. Because a lot of people, at least a lot of people that I talk to at FinCon, they're pretty unsure of how to actually monetize their different platforms other than just like putting banner ads on their website. So I think affiliate marketing can be a really good way for those people to monetize. Um, and what, what are your thoughts on sort of using affiliate marketing to be one of like the first ways to start monetizing your, your content? Definitely. I think it's a good start. Um, you know, representing Aragon Advertising yeah. and being in the space for almost 11 years now, I started when I was 14. Wow. Um, one of the big things that I'd say, and this is where I differ from a lot of other colleagues in the marketing okay. field, is you need to find your voice first and mm-hmm. you need to find what you're excited about yes. and what yeah. your users are drawn to you, uh, or, or why they're drawn to you and what you're offering and really have that ground down first before you start, before you start affiliate marketing. That would be my advice. Um, just because I think, I think, you know, people of our age and with the internet and with everything being transparent and visible and being able to get to the truth relatively easy. Yeah. Um, I, I think genuinity is what makes the biggest difference. Absolutely. And if you just come out of the gates pitching to somebody on some product that they're not even interested in, that's going to be a huge turnoff. So it is, it is really important to actually build that brand equity in yourself before you start trying to, to uh, withdraw from that bank account of equity that you've built up with your listeners and with your viewers. So 
I think that's really important and a really good thing to mention that people shouldn't just come into to blogging or podcasting or YouTubing just to throw some affiliate links on their site and expect to start making some money. Um, you do have to, you have to build up that, that respect and that trust with your audience first. Um, so you mentioned that you've been in the field for what, 11 years? Is that what you said? 11 years. I started when I was 14 uh, in high school, actually. Wild. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, sure. Um, so essentially I was looking for a way to make money where I didn't, I, I wouldn't have to bag groceries or, yeah. you, you know, uh, cut lawns or, you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. And I came across affiliate marketing on some internet forums okay. and launched a website. It was a get paid website, get paid to website, similar to like a swag bucks model oh, or okay. an inbox dollars model. And it was called RippedWallet.com. And we grew it to about 10,000 members who wow. were completing, yeah. completing offers via affiliate marketing. And, you know, we'd get paid and we'd extend payments to them. And it was a way for mm. them to make money. It was mostly, it was mostly teenagers who are actually um, getting paid to complete these actions and uh, sign up for these products. Um, but we, we sold that for $35,000. Wow. And in turn, we bootstrapped an affiliate marketing agency and network and you know, it sort of took off from there. Um, I, I would basically sleep during school most of the time <laughs> or email during school and I'd come home and I would work. And, um, it was, it was a very different path. Wild. So where did you, so, so you said that you found that on an internet, on an internet forum. Um, but what made you decide to take that so seriously? Because most people, when they hear about affiliate marketing, they might sign up for some stuff or, or, or build some affiliate links, but not really take that to a scale where they're creating their own platform. So what made you want to really like go all in on this? Um, you know, at first I didn't expect anything of it. Yeah. And the more work you put in and the more connections you make and the more relationships you have and the more you understand, especially through um, your mishaps or yep. for lack of a better word, failures, yeah. um, you know, that sort of turned everything around where there was just all this energy pushed in this direction. And before you knew it, things started to really move into alignment and, mm -hmm. and take off. And it, to, to be honest, I never anticipated it being that big. It wasn't so much looking for the money or, uh, <laughs> you know, searching for the money. It just, it just came through that, through that work, through that process. Okay. So did you have a team around you or was it like just you as, as a 14 year old who was like building a website, getting all, getting 10,000 people to sign up for this website? Like, was it just you doing that? Uh, no. So back in 2008, I found a business partner on an okay. online forum, uh, really random. Uh, wow. another, another guy in high school, he was <laughs> two years older than myself. Um, and he was in Texas and I'm over in Connecticut. And we started to work together and partner up and he was great with the tech side of things and coding and mm -hmm. um, just things that weren't my stronghold. And he really complimented that endeavor. And mm -hmm. our second endeavor, we joined again and then we actually recruited two more individuals, one of them who was also in high school and we met <laughs> online in New Jersey. And uh, before you know it, we were at ad tech in 2008. Um, it was the night of the elections, John McCain versus Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And we had a booth at this conference and we had, we had, we were very young. I think we were 
15 and 16 and 17. <laughs> and we hired two cigar rollers and we had these cigar rollers at this conference and people crowding around the booth. And there was a write up about this. And one of the individuals said, he said, they have a cigar roller and they can't even legally smoke their own cigars. <laughs> That's absurd. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've been very blessed with this and, and what it's, what it's brought to me and life lessons and connections and all the experiences. But, um, you know, the biggest thing I can say to your audience is that if you believe in something and if you set out and you do that hard work and it's not going to be easy, mm. you know, you're really going to get to understand yourself at that core level. You yep. can accomplish anything. You know, we have it. We're in a position where we can do things that our parents couldn't do. Our grandparents couldn't do. Oh. And we could do it at the accessibility of our fingertips. Yeah. There's so much opportunity, so much white space to be had on the internet anything you like you can make a living doing anything you want if you have a passion for like bees you can just talk about bees on the internet and make easily sixty thousand dollars if not a hundred and sixty thousand dollars by, by building up different revenue models and, and different income streams like there's so much opportunity for you to like go after whatever whatever you want to do online um that yeah like you said our grandparents didn't have access to our parents didn't have access to but like we have all of these resources to take advantage of so i think that's huge and i'm really glad you hit on that so Another thing that I'm really interested in, so the two things that I, I really like to talk about with people and, and as far as like building businesses go is first like the team that they have around them. So for you, it sounded like you were meeting people, also young people through these online forums. But the other aspect of things I like to hit on is mentors. So throughout this time period, did you have anybody that you were really looking up to? Any, any role models that were helping you along that were, that were basically like showing you what was possible or were you really just going at this blind? You know, in terms of direct mentors, you know, definitely my grandfather, um, you know, from a completely different perspective, from more of the hard work ethic and Mm. the commitment element of things. Um, But, you know, to answer your question, it was more, it was more a blind occurrence. It was more happenstance and Mm. choosing your own path and figuring it out as you go along and just learning through experience as opposed to reading a book. Okay. I dig it. I did. Yeah. It's so much like hands-on experience is exactly what I'm going for. Like you, for me, there's a fine line between spending too much time learning and spending not enough time learning because you got to learn the stuff before you actually put it into action. You have to have some kind of basic understanding of what you're actually trying to do. But then it's so easy to get into this analysis paralysis of where you just keep learning and learning and learning and you forget to actually start implementing the things you've learning, you've learned um, and you just have all this knowledge that you haven't actually put into practice. So I think there is definitely a fine line there, but you do have to get that hands-on experience at some point and that's going to be some of the most valuable, valuable lessons, especially when you fail and you learn from that. So what I want to talk with you about is really just the affiliate marketing uh, business model because it's not something that I've really talked about on the podcast before. It is something that I am taking advantage of. I've made um, definitely a couple hundred dollars, if not over a thousand dollars through affiliate marketing um, through my personal brand. So I, I would like to give our listeners a better understanding of affiliate marketing and some of the misconceptions that people might associate with affiliate marketing. So I know for me personally, before I actually got involved with affiliate marketing, I had heard this thing um, many times actually, that affiliate marketing was a scam. 
Um, so can you sort of talk about this myth? I'm sure you've heard it at some point, um, having spent 11 years in the industry. I'm sure you've heard this, this at some point, probably multiple times. Um, so can you talk a little bit about maybe where this idea comes from, um, whether or not it's true, um, and just like the idea of affiliate marketing being a scam? Definitely. Um, so first thing first, yeah. the industry as a whole has changed dramatically um, okay. just from awesome. 2007, 2008 up until now, 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest thing that I've seen, the biggest change that I've seen is it's more transparent than ever. Mm. There yeah. used to be a lot of fly by nights, fly by night companies mm. trying to make a quick buck yep. and maybe overextending themselves in terms of how quick they paid or who they were working with or something as simple as not checking credit of who they're working with mm. uh, an advertiser and, you know, I think that's where a lot of the misconceptions came okay. were um, the regulatory elements of companies not doing their due diligence, getting shut down by the FTC okay. um, for falsely promoting products or, or even just overextending themselves in multiple ways or not being transparent and being uh, straight up shady. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that's where things have changed from okay. and it's, it's sort of stepped out of this darkness element and everyone trying to, uh, you know, be in the wild west and figure mm. out their path to now there's more of that foundation and the companies who have been around, you know, you know why they're around for the long term, and you see yep. it and you know, they're transparent and they're held in good light and they, uh, have relationships because at the end of the day, all, affiliate marketing comes down to is relationships. Mm. So the relationship the advertiser has with us yeah. and the relationship we have our affiliates or, or the promoters and the relationship that you have with your listeners, for example, or, or readers. Um, so that's, that's really what it comes down to is relationships. And I think that if you master that, um, it, it really adds transparency to the mix and there's not any room for ambiguity. That's, that's really interesting because I actually, I, had, I didn't know. I've only seen affiliate marketing in, in the last like three to four years. So I actually, I didn't know that it used to be so shady. I knew people had the, the um, conception or the thought of it being really shady, but I didn't know that was actually a thing that, that had occurred at one point. I sort of just thought that was an idea that people had, had been propagating, but um, that's, that's, that's interesting to know that there, there actually is, or there was some grounds to that claim. Definitely. Uh, it, it, it goes with some merit and, you know, I've only been doing this for just over 10 years. There's people who have been doing this for 20 years, affiliate marketing. It's been around for that long. Yeah. And that's something that still blows my mind when I step into a room and an individual says, you know, I've been doing affiliate marketing for 18 years. And I just go, Whoa, <laughs> you know, I didn't even know it was around for 18 years. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, it's all about those relationships and companies have been making relationships for, for a long time. And I guess, I mean, even before it was called affiliate marketing, I'm sure there were arrangements going on where, where people would go out, find business for a company and get rewarded for that as, in, some kind of, in some kind of way, whether that be like a revenue split or, or commissions. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting to, to know that there are people who have been doing this for a very, very long time, even though it might seem like a newer type of business model, especially to a lot of people out there who aren't even familiar with the term. So that's that's very interesting. Um, are there any other myths that you hear about affiliate marketing that are really prevalent or, or maybe not so prevalent, but myths that you have heard and that you want to um, sort of tell our listeners about and, and maybe disprove them? Definitely. I think the biggest one that I've heard lately, mm -hmm. and I've even read this in some mainstream news sources, is that 
affiliate marketing is dead. And that's something that I completely disagree with. Stats and trends say something completely otherwise um, from this occurrence. So for example, the New York Times, Mm -hmm. um, they've been monetizing with display banner ads for many years now. Oh, yeah. And they're finding their revenues down almost 10% in terms of their advertising budgets and advertising spends. Hmm. And they're just understanding this and saying, wait a second, you know, <laughs> people don't want banner ads anymore. And what? it slows down the page load and it's annoying and no it way. disrupts their user experience. And so that's the biggest one that I see where uh, I think the definition of the word is important mm-hmm. of affiliate marketing. Um, I think in terms of influencers, okay. uh, I think I think that's where it's prevailing. And I even see a lot of affiliate marketing in mainstream news now. When they mention a product, there's a link out to that product, whether yep. it's on Amazon or the direct website or yep. whatever it is. Um, so that's that's some of the trends that I've been seeing. And that's that's the one misconception that I would completely disagree with. And uh, in terms of advertising budgets for, for some of these brands and companies, mm-hmm. they're seeing affiliate marketing take over 25% plus of wow. their entire marketing budget. How can you even, that, that just shocks me that people would say that affiliate marketing is dead because it, it's just building relationships. Like how, I don't understand how somebody could even say that. That just doesn't really, that doesn't really um, line up with, with the way that I see affiliate marketing at all. So that's, that's an interesting argument that I had never heard before, but that's, that's definitely something to, to, to make people aware of. To, to, to further the point, I think the reason or the audience of, of the people who are saying are more of the traditional affiliates, the media buyers who were running traffic directly to a, a brand or, you know, a landing page or, or, or what have you. And I think it's the approach has taken a twist where mm-hmm. we're all looking for trust. Yeah. And we're all looking uh, for someone's personal word and a testimonial or a review. Or, you know, how many times do we oh, open up Google.com and type in, you know, a review for a product before we buy it? Mm, I mean, and, and that's, 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 that's what I see um, in, in terms of just the audience of who's putting out this communication. And I think, I think it's, they see this as a threat and they see the transparency as a threat and it's just ever changing. It's evolving. And that's, that's why or where uh, this disparity can come from. I really like that you brought up reviews because personally I know um, a, a few people, at least a few people who are making easily six figures per year by solely making review YouTube videos. And just by providing affiliate links in those YouTube videos, they're able to make a six-figure income for themselves. So I think, yeah, reviews and like review blogs, review videos, um, those are such a great way to get into affiliate marketing because all you're doing is telling people about a product, giving them ideally an unbiased review of it, um, and then allowing them to, if they want to, if they're interested in it, to, to learn more about it and to actually purchase it through your um, referral link. So I think that's a, that's a great um, example of how effective affiliate marketing can be and how that's definitely not something that's going away because people are always looking for like a third-party review um, because you don't want to get a review from the person who's actually creating the product. You don't want to get a review from the person who is a competitor of the person who's creating the product. You want to get a review from somebody who is ideally a third party that isn't um, biased either way. So I think that's that's always going to be a value proposition that affiliate marketing has to offer is that 
um, it really like provides that unbiased third party um, ability to have a review. So I think that's that's a great great example. Um, so b- beyond that, who else is affiliate marketing like like beneficial for besides somebody who's like doing reviews? Um, what are some other examples of people who could benefit from affiliate marketing? So affiliate marketing is very broad. Um, yeah. You know, let's say you have a content website. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just posting original content, and sure. maybe it's tips on how to save money to go on vacation or ways to be financially savvy or, um, you know, maybe someone has $40,000 in debt or $5,000 in debt and they're looking for a solution. You know, I think telling the story in terms of the content element of affiliate marketing Mm -hmm. is the biggest piece. Um, Some other ways that people market are, you know, you can have an email list. It can be, uh, you know, say you own a content site or say you even are aligned with some brand and maybe you're, you're running their content for them. Um, that's another way there's media buying, whether it's on, you know, Google, Facebook, Bing, uh, Foursquare's been a traffic source. Um, you you know, there's a, there's a lot of different methods. Um, there's paper qual, which is something that we're doing, which, um, let's say open enrollment for Medicare. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the time that people can sign up for new health insurance plans and paper call is something that we do involved in the affiliate marketing space where they may promote a phone number and the phone number connects them to licensed agents. And basically the affiliate will get paid depending on how long the consumers on the phone. So there's really? so many different models and it's so broad and you know, it's something that, I hold dear and true to me because it's just, uh, it's, it's multiverse. It's multidimensional. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. you know, once, once you go down one hole, it just opens up and opens up and opens up. And you know, there's, there's so many great products and people and relationships that I've built over the years that, you know, I'm just really, I'm really grateful to be aligned with. That's so cool. That, that paper call. I saw that on your website and I was going to ask you about it because I was like, what does that even mean? But that's such an, I mean, there's so many cool, interesting business models out there um, to, to take advantage of. So that, that's a really interesting one. I never heard of anything like that before. Um, so that's, that's, that's cool to know. Um, so tell me more about um, your personal sort of journey and how you got to where you're at with Aragon. So if I follow correctly, you started that business in high school um, with your, your affiliate marketing that you grew to 35, you sold for $35,000. Um, so what came next? Um, so we launched uh, another business. It was the okay. affiliate marketing agency where we bootstrapped it from oh, yeah. the, 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 the buyout of our original product, ripwallet.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched this affiliate marketing agency, this network, and, you know, we did, we did very well. We did $1.2 million in our first year of business. Wow. Um, and, you know, as much, as much of, you know, a fairy tale, it seems there were a lot of life lessons that were learned uh, through this endeavor. I bet. So, for example, you know, I didn't organize myself properly. Mm. We didn't account properly. We were spending very, uh, very lavishly and you know like any kid in high school would do when you have access to this amount of money um so you know essentially the business collapsed upon itself we didn't have the foundation Mm. and the way of life that i was living my partners were living uh it it flipped upside down overnight and 
you know, there's many people who deal with these life lessons and, you know, as tough as it was and as defeating as it was, it was also very opportune to learn at such a young age. I bet. So what, what are some of your biggest takeaways from that? I mean, like what, what did you learn from that experience? Like that must've been pretty monumental. I definitely say, uh, I'll go back to relationships once more. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's cards are shown in terms of why people are aligned with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that throughout any communication, there's always a want. And that's the general premise of communication. We speak or we act or we communicate in some form because there's a want or a need that we're trying to fulfill. So with that being said, one of the things I learned is that, you know, who my circle was and why people were dealing with me. And when situations changed, would they be there or not? And Mm -hmm. that was a really eye-opening lesson to learn of who had your back and who, you know, Family was definitely there, number one, Mm. and a select handful of others who stood by me and supported me. Um, But in addition to that lesson, I definitely say um, the financial element of keeping good accounting and separating business from personal spending Mm. and having that separation of powers and um, just being being properly licensed and understanding cash flow and you know those those were just such big takeaways from that whole experience and those are not the things that we're learning in the classroom those are absolutely not the things that they're teaching kids in school which is one of the reasons why i um wanted why i I love making this podcast is because we're um, sharing information with people that they're not going to typically get anywhere else so it's really important to learn these lessons you can learn these lessons by by growing your own business and then learning them the hard way of of your business actually falling it apart um which is a great way to learn these lessons and it's a great way to have them actually stick with you but a good way to start getting a a basic foundation is really just to, to consume content that is going to allow you to to learn about these things ideally in a scenario where you're not losing um a ridiculous amount of money so that's that's sort of one of the things that drives me to to share this information with other people is, is just that, um, helping, helping them out before they actually end up, um, in a, in a situation where they're actually in a, in a pretty tough spot. Um, so where did you end up after, after this business? Um, what, what came next? So let's see, after that, you know, I continued down the affiliate marketing path. I mm-hmm. worked with another partner for an affiliate network. Um, branched off down that path, did it for, I want to say three, four years. It was just something I was very used to and comfortable with. Um, and then I actually got involved in local politics and that was, uh, that was very interesting. So at at 19, I was the youngest elected official for a city of 40,000 people on the planning and zoning commission. Um, (laughs) it was a very happenstance occurrence. Um, I basically spoke out at a board of education meeting dealing with their financial mismanagement and Mm. them not having their affairs in order. And uh, that garnered some attention from uh, some local politicians. And I got very actively involved. And before you know it, I was up on the ballot and um, it it was a very, very unique, very unique thing. And, uh, something I probably won't do again, but at the same time, I'm, I'm happy to you know, share the experience and some of the stories. 
Yeah. So, so tell me more about that. So you stood up at a, at a, at a, at a board meeting and, and told them what was up and then you, you got some attention and then just ended up getting elected. Like what, A, what did you get elected for? Like what, what, what did you, what did you run for? So I, I ran for planning and zoning. I okay, okay. originally wanted the board of education. Um, essentially they were requesting more money mm-hmm. and this was shortly after, you know, I had my occurrence with just life lessons and learning this and, uh, all this, all this financial management sure. element of the story. Um, so they were asking for more money. I think they mismanaged uh, a million and a half, almost $2 million of wow. the budget and they were requesting more money. And I, I stood up and said, you know, look, I, I, I have no problem giving you money as long as we know you're managing it properly. And I brought up, you know, little things such as lights being on all hours of the day and um, just how they tried to garner attention towards, uh, you know, giving teachers pink slips in the middle of class. And just a lot of really not, not moral things that they were doing. And I was one of the few who stood up during that meeting in opposition to the request, uh, rather than just, you know, let's, let's blindly give money. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really, so what did your, what did your time as, as a uh, zoning and planning, what did that look like? Um, essentially, so I was an alternate on the planning and zoning uh, commission. Okay. And basically if a sitting member was not there, um, or, or just not in attendance, I would take, power of their vote. So I would have the chance to vote for them on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat in on quite a few meetings and we had one member who was notoriously uh, at his house in Florida through the, through the winter. So I got to vote quite a bit. And, um, you know, I, I didn't exactly make friends. I, I was young and yeah. um, very opinionated and may not have gone about things in the right way, but at least I learned a lot of lessons from it. Wow. It's not that often that you see a 19 year old um, as an elected official. That is wild. Wow. (laughs) All right. So as an elected official, you're still doing affiliate marketing on the side or what did that look like? Uh, So I was was still working for a business called Value Leads, which was affiliate marketing. And I was doing that full time while being elected. Wow. What? That's, that's ridiculous. That's, I don't even, wow, dude, you got a wild story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So you're running, you're, you're with this business. Then, then what? Um, so I, I resigned after a year on the zoning commission. Okay. Um, just cause I I found out. No, it just, uh, it started to really affect who I was as a person mm, okay. and I started to see the world through a fear-based mentality mm. wow. and be stuck in that, uh, in the negative mind. And I needed a release and just something, uh, something to really give me energy as opposed to take away energy. Yeah. And, um, I got involved with, I got involved with yoga really, and went down that path and was actually, diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, wow. There's, there's, there's a very large tick problem up on the Northeast. And I know it's continuously spreading mm. throughout the continental United States. Um, but I had Lyme disease and that sort of, I saw a natural path um, up in Connecticut. And he said one of the most 
crucial pieces of advice I've ever heard. And he said, you just have to think of this as a life, as a lifestyle change. Hmm. And you're just committing to changing your lifestyle. And that sort of shifted things into a perspective where, wait, this is healthy and wait, I'm making a positive change and wait, you know, I, I have these resources and I'm just going to be learning and, you know, it's going to help me evolve into a better person and maybe understand a little bit more. Wow. That's, that's wild. So, so you got, you, you got diagnosed with Lyme disease, you're taking up yoga. Um, what, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I went on some crazy diets. I did a lot of research just based around Lyme disease and, um, you know, talked to many doctors and people who were actively also studying the disease. And um, I, I went the naturopathic route and um, much to the dismay of my family, many of whom are within the medical field. Mm. And uh, I walked out to a, a family party one time and they're all sitting in a circle like an intervention and oh, you know, no. we're worried about you and we care. And, um, you know, essentially I said, look, I'm going to follow this path and do what I think is right. And if at any time I feel in harm or I feel not a hundred percent, you know, I will, I will follow the conventional approach and I will go out and do what needs to be done. But until then, you know, I'm going to stand up for what I feel is right and, and do it. And, um, I committed to a hundred percent raw diet and wow. vegetarian diet and, and just some things that, um, looking back, I think I'm a little bit crazy for doing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So did, what, what did you like get over that? Or like, I don't even know how Lyme disease works to be honest. Like how, how serious of a thing was that? It was, uh, not full blown. I was, I was lucky to, have one of the symptoms where I had that red bull's eye and we could identify it sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, so I, I personally like to believe that I caught it before it, it turned into the full fledged bacterium, the full fledged disease where it was just the spirochetes um, before it completely manifested um, into something that, you know, that can literally knock you on your ass. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel, I feel lucky, um, and had, had a really good team and really good support around that. But one of the things that opened up was, and, and the politics, especially in that unhealthy lifestyle of the politics and the mm. fear-based mentality and, uh, just, just being in that constant state is it opened the door to yoga and meditation. And before you know it, um, I, I joined a, a teacher training for Kundalini yoga and, fully committed to that and now have these tools for the rest of my life where, you know, I, I can push my reset button and, you know, help people and just understand a little bit more about our body and our energy and how it works and how to restore it and what to eat and uh, communication elements and just all these very fascinating elements yeah. that were sort of bridged together in a package those are some really valuable skill sets to have and just that self-awareness to know even to like distance yourself from that politics of, of, of negativity that you realized wasn't serving you well at all. That's, that's, and now you have that skill set that's really gonna, I mean that I, I wish I had a skill set like that because just, just having those being able to, to really 
understand how you're feeling and how to, how to create the feelings that you want to create and really like manifest the things you want to manifest. That's, that's a valuable, valuable thing to have. So that's, that's really like, that's really nice. Um, so how did you, I don't know, are you still involved with yoga or like what came next? Um, a lot came next, but you know, okay. I'll sort of, I'll sort of, uh, I'll, I'll leave these main notes and, okay. uh, in terms of being involved with yoga, uh, yes, it's something that I do every day. Okay. I, I have my practice and, you know, I commute into New York city into Brooklyn three times a week and I work twice, twice a week from home just to allow myself that balance yeah. and that reset. Um, and you know, I'm doing breathing work along the way while I'm, while I'm commuting into New York or listening to mantra or, uh, you know, going to the gym in the morning and doing some poses and breathing. So it's, yeah. it's that constant union, uh, you know, and yoga and meditation could be anything, you know, meditation could be you riding a dirt bike or you walking around the block or you, you know, cooking in the kitchen and, and you're just involved and you're in harmony and you know you're, you're just one with what you're doing so i like to consider yoga and meditation it can be anything anything can be your yoga that's very interesting i never thought of yoga like that before but that's a cool cool mindset to, to really implement like i really just thought of it as sort of like the um practice where you just go into a room with a bunch of people on mats and like do a bunch of stretches and stuff but just to be able to to really define it as whatever you want it to be um, that's, that's really cool. And, and I like how you have that balance as well of, of working in the city and, and the hustle and bustle, but also being able to take time for yourself. Um, and that's, that's a really cool position to be in. I think like the partially remote, um, work sector, um, I think that's a really, that, that's an area that I want to explore a lot more. And I think businesses that are really starting to implement that, um, have a lot of potential going forward to, to really make that a more mainstream thing. Because like you said, so many people are looking for that balance of, of working at home, but also, um, going into the office and not having to spend five days a week there. So I think that's really, really big. Um, I want to sort of just hop in to some of our closing questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests now. Um, and the first of which is how do you stay motivated? So obviously you've been doing really cool things since about the age of 14. So how have you been motivated this entire time to really just get up and get after it? You know, the best answer I can give is mm -hmm. that you're not going to be motivated sometimes. Mm. There's going to be days where you don't have the incentive or that impetus or yeah. that yeah. desire. And sometimes you need to listen and other times you need to push through and be committed and follow through and be true to your word and just take that initiation for yourself mm. where you say, you know, this may not be easy. This may be challenging, but I know if I put in this work, it's going to align other things for me. So the, the best answer that I can give is it's not going to be a perfect fairy tale. Mm. It's, it's not going to be, uh, easy all the time. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's hard work involved and there's a lot of soul searching and just self understanding. Yeah. But like you said, just looking at that bigger picture and, and really what you're working towards, that's a, that's a huge motivator, especially for me. Um, because I, I yeah, every day is not easy. Um, so it's good to have that, that big picture in mind of what you're actually working towards. Um, my next question has to do with your habits and it sounds like yoga is definitely still one of your habits. Do you have any other ones that have served you particularly well? These can be either business related or just lifestyle related. Hmm. 
in terms of lifestyle, definitely staying active. Yeah. Um, in terms of dieting, definitely realizing that what you put in is mm-hmm. what you're literally going to get out. Yeah. So when you're feeding your body energy, food, drinks, so on and so forth, even, even just breathing, even yeah. just realizing, wait, wow. the breath gives me energy. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think those three are definitely uh, a very large part of the routine. And, you know, at times even I can stray away from them and, uh, you know, but there's that, there's that foundation and it just gets easier as you go along. So I'd say those three things. And then also just organizing what you're doing. Mm. I think one of the most challenging things that many of us can deal with is follow-ups and staying true to what we're doing and making sure that we respond to that email or, you know, if we come up with this idea, we commit to it and and just go out there and accomplish it, you know, regardless of the obstacle. So I I just say um, writing down, in some sort of creative medium, whether it's a notebook, whether it's a checklist, whether it's a whiteboard, whether it's a CRM system, whatever it is, just keeping tally of where you're putting your focus. Interesting. What do you personally use for that? I know I use Trello to really organize. Um, Trello and Evernote are my two tools, but what do you use for that? Yeah, I mean, Trello's great. Um, I've used that a lot in the past. I love using HubSpot right now. Okay. So it has a very similar, uh, and, and it's, they have a free user account too, if you're not using the pro, which is, you know, very competitive. Um, but I'm a big believer in them. They're over in, up in Cambridge and they attract a lot of uh, talent, but basically they have a, a deal flow section similar to uh, Trello. And then in addition, you can keep records of individuals that you're talking with. You can record phone calls, write notes, track all your emails in one central location. It's uh it's a really good work productivity hack um, wow. that I, I definitely recommend. Cool. Cool. And then um, I got a couple more questions. The next one is, do you have any books that have been particularly influential for you? Again, these can be either business or lifestyle. Definitely. Um, so the first one that I'd say is the 48 laws of power. Um, are you familiar? I am. I have never read it, but it is on my reading list. So most people think of, you know, when, when they interpret the title, they think of, you know, uh, omnipresent or some sort of mongrel or, uh, you know, just like an, an authority. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. I, I don't consider this that. I consider this more of understanding how and where people are communicating from. Hmm. Okay. And there's a lot of different scenarios and historical context. And, um, you know, I try to open this book every single day, scroll to a random chapter and just read the first paragraph, what the law is. Hmm. And it's, it's been a great refresher to me of just, uh, understanding more of how communication occurs. Um, in the second book that I'd highly recommend and, you know, it's, it's done a lot for me is the alchemist. Oh, I've heard so many good things about that book. And I really, I think that's the next book that I'm going to read. I think once I finish my current book, it's got to be The Alchemist because I've just heard so many good things about that one lately. Definitely. It it just allows you to free your mind and be open to, uh, you you know, meetings like us randomly meeting in Florida, for example, or just be open and aware. And it's, it's a magical book. And, you know, 
if there's one book I can read over and over, I think that would be it. Cool. All right. Well, the last question I just want to ask you is like, where can people follow up with you? Where can people find out more about what you're up to about Aragon advertising? Um, where do you want our listeners to head to check you out? Definitely. Um, so connect with me personally. It's, it's a relationships business. Yeah. Um, I'm very public. Uh, my Instagram handle is illuminated llama. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You can check out aragon-advertising.com. Um, contact us through there. Read some of the material that we're putting out. Um, and I, I think that's the easiest way. But, you know, I want to hear from you. Um, I'm curious what your, what your readers or uh, what your listeners are, are undergoing and uh, ultimately how I can help or if, if maybe something relates to this or if there's value given in some way. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. If you guys want to hear more about Joshua and his story, definitely, definitely follow up with him. Um, I know I still have a ton of questions for him, but that's for another time. Um, Josh, thank you again so much for appearing on Young Smart Money today. I really do appreciate your time and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Definitely. Thank you so much, Apple. Joshua, again, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experiences and your journey with us at Young Smart Money here today. If you guys want to learn more about Joshua, again, we're going to have all of his resources that he mentioned linked up in the show notes for this episode as well. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, if you got some value out of it, if you've been listening to Young Smart Money for a while and you haven't yet subscribed and left us a review on iTunes, that would mean so, so much to me. I'm really trying to push for 50 reviews by the end of the year, by the end of 2018. We're very, very close right now. We're closing in on it. So if you could be the one to push us over the edge. That would be fantastic. Also, feel free to shoot me a DM at Apple Crider Official with any of your thoughts from the episode. Any feedback you have for me, I would love to hear it. I'm always trying to make the show more valuable to you guys and, and better better to listen to for you. So definitely shoot me a DM if you have any feedback uh, with that regard as well. But anyways, have a wonderful day and I will see you on Friday.